0: Church, thank you, Pastor Mark, for breaking the ice with those dad jokes this morning. Because I have none, and all of God's people said, "None." Thank you. <laughs> On this Father's Day, uh, I'm a little bit nervous to tell you the truth. Because one of the most difficult tasks, I think, in preparing this sermon was to know how to introduce the sermon. Um, you know, all of us dads uh, recognize our own frailties, and we recognize our own weaknesses and our mistakes and our blunders, and we also recognize uh, our successes and yet I don't know, somehow the blunders and mistakes always sort of outweigh and overshadow uh, the successes that we have. And uh, so this morning, very, very much so, I feel like <clears throat> I'm preaching to myself and that maybe something that I say is going to be really convicting uh, to myself and who wants that, right? Um, but uh, I'm very, very aware of my own weaknesses uh, as a father. Um, I look at myself in a role as a father and see so many uh, shortcomings and failures and disappointments in myself, along with some of the successes as well. Um, I regret the times when I worked too many long hours and didn't spend more time with our boys uh, I regret those times when I lost my temper and uh, I was more harsh with the boys than what I should have been. I, 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 reg- I regret that in my interactions with my boys, I didn't uh, probe and, and search and ask more questions even uh, when they didn't want to give an answer. And I think somebody could probably relate to me this morning. Uh, On the other hand, I relish those times that that I spent with our boys uh, going camping on those uh, son-dad weekends to give mom a little extra break and to also just to spend time with them and to sit around the campfire and tell spooky stories and, you know, see the delight in their eyes and sometimes the fear, (laughs) Uh, It makes me rejoice to think of the moment when our boys received Jesus Christ as their Savior and uh, were baptized. And now that our boys are older and have families of their own, uh, I rejoice in their successes and uh, in their accomplishments and in how they are raising their families and, and the success in their marriage but I suspect every father here this morning has those same kinds of um, regrets of failures and uh, rejoicings uh, in their successes. I don't think I'm alone uh, in this this morning. And I suspect there may be some here today who grew up without a father, and, or in the, in the very least, not a good father, and... And you might have a father wound in your heart this morning. I recognize that. And I also recognize that there may be uh, some women here this morning or listening online uh, who in your home, there is no dad figure. There's not a father figure. And you are raising your children on your own, probably doing a really great job with that. And I rejoice with you. And I... Uh, I want to say thank you for the role that you play. As difficult as it is not having the dad in your home, but we want to recognize that and do not want to undervalue what you do and the stresses you face uh, as a single mother. And so it's kind of in the brokenness of our world and in the brokenness of our lives today uh, that we, we are raising our children in the recognition that uh, we need to have a, a good role model. Uh, we need to have a, a model by which we can say, uh, at least if I can't be that perfectly, at least I can attain to that. Maybe I could raise the level a little bit. And so, in the scripture that we're looking at today, found in Matthew chapter three, if you have your Bibles, please turn there with me. There are Bibles in the pew if you don't have one, if you don't have a Bible. And uh, by the way, if you don't have a Bible in your home, you're more than welcome to take that pew Bible with you. Uh, But if you take one of your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter three, it's here in this uh, passage uh, in the story of the baptism of Jesus that we're going to see God the Father giving us an example of what a good father looks like. And again, even though as earthly parents we could probably never live up to the model perfectly, I believe that it's a model that we can at least have to, to, to say, I, 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 de- I desire to measure up to that. It's my, it's my desire, it's my will. I, I want to be more like that. Of course, in this power of the Holy Spirit, of course, with the grace of God. It's not something that we can attain to on our own. It always has to be by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so let's read our passage this morning, beginning in Matthew chapter 3, uh, verses 13 to 17. It won't be on the overhead, but you can follow along in your Bibles. And then Jesus came to Galilee, to the Jordan, to John, to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, Indeed, to, I, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Now here's a passage where we're going to get some insight into, um, well, some of the basic, basic elements of a good father, and into what the... What the basic needs of our children are, and, and, and maybe how fathers can uh, meet those needs with God's help, And, and God is going to help us to become a role model that we need to be in raising our children. So let me just point out several observations from this encounter. The first is to be present with our children. Fathers. We need to be present with our children. Look with me in verse 16 again. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. Okay, I'm going to date myself now. Back in 1972, before some of you were born... <laughs> There was a music group by the name of The Temptations. you remember The Temptations? Okay, I see. Good, good, good. So you're with me. They had a hit song entitled, Papa Was a Rolling Stone. Maybe you remember that one. It's kind of a sad song. The lyrics communicated the far too familiar fatherless saga with the tagline, Papa Was a Rolling Stone... Wherever he laid his hat was his home. And when he died, all he left was alone. Wow. Currently in Canada, roughly 100,000 children are living in a fatherless home. Roughly 84,000 of those children are living in homes with neither of their biological parents, the statistics of fatherless children are very difficult to hear, and yet important for us to somehow grasp, because they show us that these children are, without fathers in the home, are eight times more likely to go to prison, five times more likely to commit suicide. 20 times more likely to have behavioral problems. 20 times more likely to become rapists. 32 times more likely to become runaways. 10 times more likely to abuse chemical substances. 9 times more likely to drop out of high school. 1 as likely to get A's in school. And you know, these children aren't just sterile numbers, but rather they're children like yours and mine who long daily for their daddy's love and affection. But every day the hole in their soul remains a barren canyon because a father isn't present to fulfill the longing of their young hearts. Dads are missing in action. And I'm not sharing those statistics with you today to depress us or to, to somehow, you know, stir our, our emotions in, in a negative way. But rather to encourage us as to the important role that fathers play in the home. And it just shows how important that is. And, and, and by the way, you can see why we need to pray for and encourage moms who are raising their children alone. Because they have a very difficult role. To play in their children's lives. And we need to come alongside of them. And help them. As they do that job. But there are some concerns. Or rather corners of society today. Who are even pushing back. At fatherhood. There, Maybe you've heard the question. It's around. On various media platforms. Is there even the need for fathers in our world anymore. And yet new studies are showing that children with involved fathers have better social skills when they reach nursery, do better in National Examinations at 16, are less likely to have a criminal record by the age of 21. And that's why, by the way, child health and welfare, welfare and development agencies are more for focused than they ever have been before on trying to re-engage Fathers in the home, because even they are recognizing the importance of the role of dads in their home. Fathers, we play a crucial role in the lives of our children. And by the way, we will never be out of date. We will never be out of date. In our scripture today, we see that God the Father didn't abandon his son, Jesus Christ. When Jesus came out of the waters of baptism, verse 16 says, and immediately the Spirit of God, immediately the heavens were opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest upon him. You see, not only was the Spirit of God the means by which Uh, God would work through Jesus and the the, the means by which uh, Jesus would be empowered for ministry, but the Spirit of God was also a sign that God the Father was present with his Son. God was not going to leave him powerless, but he would always be there. He would always be present with his Son. And we see the reality of that through the ministry of Jesus. Perhaps you've missed it as you've read through Scripture, but it is significant. I'm using only the Gospel of John. But for example, God was with Jesus at the Incarnation. John chapter 1 and verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Listen, glory as of the only Son from the Father. And God was there showing Jesus the works that he should perform. John chapter 5, verse 19. And so Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees, what? The Father doing. For whatever the Father does that, the Son does likewise. And God was always showing Jesus his will for his life. John chapter 6, verse 38. I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And God was the one who glorified Jesus. John chapter 8, verse 54, Jesus answered, If I I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me. And God was showing Jesus what to say to people. John chapter 12, verse 49. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. God was with Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane at his arrest, ready to be with him. He did not abandon him. Matthew chapter 26, verses 52 and 53. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back into your place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think I cannot appeal to my father? He was ready, standing at ready, standing at alert. And he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels. You see, God the Father was with Jesus every step of the way in every moment of his earthly life through all the obstacles he encouraged him, he empowered him, he gave him the strength day by day. Now, you say, well, okay, that's God. That's not me. But I think from those examples, we can actually glean some principles that we can apply to our own lives. For example, in the same way that God was available to Jesus through prayer, we can be available to our children when they want to talk to us. And so dads, when, when your little child comes to you and says, Daddy, could I, could I talk to, with you? Don't say, no, I'm reading the newspaper right now. <laughs> no, I'm watching the news on television. No, I'm looking at stuff on my phone. No, no, no. Put down the newspaper. Turn off the television. Put the phone away and say, yes, I would love to hear what you have to say. When your children want to speak, be willing and available to listen to them. And just as God the Father guided Jesus in life, well, we have the privilege of guiding our children, showing them right from wrong, giving them wisdom for life, and, sh- and giving them sure-footedness in life. I love the passage that is well-known from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. It says, These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts and impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. And so when you're driving down the road with toddler in the back seat, you can be using that as an opportunity to talk to them about God. Showing them the landscape and the beauty of God's creation and, and talking about how good God is. When you lie them down at night, you can say a prayer with them or read them a scripture from the Bible or maybe do some Bible memorization with them before they go to bed. And, and when they rise up in the morning, you can have a, a joyful uh, hello for them and a greeting and, and warmly welcome them back into your home, and into a new day. You see, we have these truths implanted in our hearts that we need to use every opportunity that we can when we're walking, when we're talking, when we're playing, use every single opportunity to demonstrate these commands and to show our children the right way to go. And in the same way that God stood at attention to help Jesus during difficult times, we as fathers can be standing at attention ready to help our children. For example, we need to protect their minds from being led astray by the philosophies of this world. Ask them what they're learning at school. Bring scripture into it. Bring some correction. Bring, in terms of what they've been taught that is not of God, bring some correction to that. Be aware of what they're learning. We need to physically protect them from the dangers of this world. Like what can be found on the internet by, you know, limiting the time, being aware of what they're looking at, looking at their history, being up to date. Or from falling into the wrong crowd by being aware of who they're hanging around with. Or by protecting them from becoming addicted to various things like drugs and alcohol. By warning them of the results uh, and being aware of their activities. I I once had an associate pastor whose children were older than ours. And uh, when they turned about 13, he would... uh, take them in the car, and he would park across from a, from a bar late at night. And when the drunks came staggering out of the bar, he would talk to his children about the dangers and the results of, of over, overuse of alcohol, of getting drunk, of becoming addicted. And it was just a wonderful visual for them to, to beware and to be, be cautioned about uh, the abuses of, of certain substances. You see, these, these are jobs of parents. These are jobs of fathers. We don't have the luxury, Dad, of just wimping out and letting somebody else do the job for us. Because, by the way, if you let somebody else to do your job and teach them the values in life, you're you're not going to like what they have to teach them. And and dads, those of you who have daughters, I'm particularly concerned about you and them. Because you're going to have to spend time as a dad teaching your daughter how to respect herself and and to require other men to respect her. You're going to have to teach her how to be a woman in society. She's going to, you say, well, that's mom's job. No, 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 that's your job. Because if you don't teach her from your perspective, there's going to be some other man who comes along and they're going to teach her. And you're not going to like what they have to say to her. You're not going to like how they teach her. So dads with daughters, you have a particularly important role to play in your daughter's life. A good father is a present father, and I guarantee there will never be a time in our lives when we look back and say, "I spent too much time with my kids." <laughs> what parent would ever say that? As a, as a matter of fact, we'll probably look back like I do and say, "I wish I had to have spent more time with my kids." Secondly, a father acknowledges his children acknowledges his children. Notice how God the Father acknowledged his son in verse 17 by making this bold declaration to the world, this is my beloved son. God said, make no mistake about it. I don't want anybody to have any questions about it. I want you to know that this is my son and he belongs to me and I belong to him. God didn't have want anybody to have any questions about his relationship with Jesus. And Jesus is clear on who his father is. And and so were those who heard the voice from heaven. In our fatherless culture today, children and adults are longing to hear those life-giving words from their father. My dad was always pretty good about this my dad uh, was uh, the mayor of our little town for two terms and so we lived a very public kind of life and uh, but dad was also a lay preacher and, and he would often be called to preach in various churches and business uh, men's, Christian business, business associations and cowboy clubs and you know all of that and, and often times he would take us with him as a family and, uh, and I always admired my dad and And dad was always careful to introduce his family to people. And when he did so, he wouldn't just say, oh, this is Gary, Mark, and Bruce, you know. But he would say, and this is my son, Gary. He's my oldest. And and this is my son, Bruce, and and he's the middle child. And and this is my youngest son, Mark. And because I always admired my dad, um, I felt proud when he would say, and this is my son, Mark. It gave me a sense of security in knowing who I belonged to. And because I admired my dad and I was proud of my dad, it made me even that much more proud that I belonged to him and he belonged to me. That's important, dads, that we acknowledge our children that they know who they are, that we give them a sense of security, that we're proud to be a part of their life and them a part of our lives. Uh, there's, a, there's a particularly interesting Jewish tradition that on the 31st day of a firstborn son, there's a ceremony. It's called Pidyon Haben. Or the redemption of the firstborn. Here's how it goes. The participants of the ceremony are the father, the firstborn baby on his 31st day, and the priest. And the baby would be dressed in its finest adornment. Jewelry would be placed on the baby. And he would be placed on a silver tray. And the father would present the child to the priest. And the father would say to the priest, my Israelite wife has borne me this firstborn son. And along with the son, he had five special coins. And the priest would would respond, which would you rather have, your firstborn son or the five coins which you are obligated to give to me for the redemption of your firstborn son. And the father would say, I want this, my firstborn son, and here are your five coins which are required of me for the redemption. And he hands the priest the coins, and he redeems his son. The implications of that ceremony are just powerful. The father not only acknowledges that he accepts full responsibility of his son before God, but also the son, imagine, grows up knowing that his dad had a choice to leave him or to redeem him. And knowing that his father wanted him, and chose him, had a powerful spiritual, emotional, and psychological impact on that child throughout his life. And just like God acknowledged his son, and just like that Israelite father acknowledges his son, we are to do the same. And in an age where many children are growing up not even having their father's name on their birth certificates, this ritual speaks volumes to the importance and the need for a father to acknowledge his son. In fact, dads, it's not only a responsibility, but it's a privilege. This is my son. This is my daughter. He, she belongs to me. That has such an impact on that child's life. And so many children long to hear those words. Thirdly, fathers are called to love their children. In our passage, we also hear God expressing his love for his son when he said in verse 17, this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. That word beloved means esteemed or worthy or loved, and that's why some translations say, this is my son whom I love. Now, God's word, God's love rather, was, was not just intangible. It was rather expressed in very tangible ways. And, and as I looked for places where that love would have been shown tangibly... I think I came across a really excellent example. It's in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19, 9 to 13, and it's what we call the Lord's Prayer. Now, I think we all know the Lord's Prayer, so I'm not going to recite it for you again. But let me just draw out some principles from the Lord's Prayer that I think show tangible ways of a father's love and that we could copy in our own families. First of all, we see how a father's love is expressed in being present and attentive with his children as we're taught to pray, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Also, a father also wants the best for his children. As expressed in the words, your kingdom come, your will be done. A father shows love by forgiving. Forgive us our debts. I skipped over one. A father shows love by providing the needs of his children. Give us this day our daily bread. Fifthly, a father protects his children from evil and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Many dads, you know, think their only responsibility to their children is to provide some food and shelter and some clothes for them. No, no. That's not our only responsibility. What they really need is for us to be near to them long enough that we know what they need and we show them our love. That's the kind of love the father showed to his son. And then finally, a father will affirm his children. In verse 17 of our our chapter, Matthew 3, God said to Jesus and to the world, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You know, affirmation is so important, so powerful, and desperately needed. So much so that those who do not receive it it makes them feel as though they don't even exist. I ran across an excellent illustration in Lance Ford and Brad Briscoe's book entitled, Next Door As It Is in Heaven. And in the book, they talk about the profound loneliness that many people experience around the world. And the result is that they don't even have any sense of value in their life. In contrast, they share an illustration from a tribe in northern Natal in South Africa. And they write, and I quote, The most common greeting, equivalent to hello in English, is the expression sawubona. It literally means, I see you. If you are a member of the tribe, you might reply by saying, Sakona. I am here. The order of the exchange is important. Until you see me, I do not exist. It's as if when you see me, you bring me into existence. Wow, there's a deep, deep truth in that cultural practice. In that when we simply move through our days without seeing people as people then it then as far as it matters in that moment they don't really exist but being conscious of how we encounter people through our day is a step toward bringing value and a sense of well-being in the people's lives and it's that much more True in our children's lives. How we speak to them and how we affirm them brings value and security in their lives. We need to affirm our children, acknowledge our children, bring them into our existence. Now, if you're a dad here today and you struggle with knowing how to affirm your child, let me assure you that it's not brain surgery. It's not like you've got to perform, you know, calculus. But rather, it's very simple. And maybe some of you as adults have not heard some of these phrases. And you need to hear them. Way to go. Good job. That's affirming your child. Keep at it. I know you can finish it. I'm proud of you. "'I'm so glad you're my child. "'I love you.'" How many dads long to hear those three words from their own father but have never heard it? "'I love you.'" "'You're so talented. "'Thank you for being so thoughtful. "'It's okay to fail. "'I fail.'" Everyone fails. We learn from our failures. I'm not happy with your behavior, but I love you as a person. I believe in you. You see, little words, little phrases that make a world of difference. And for those of you who uh, maybe have never heard those affirming words from your father, let me assure you, that is exactly how God feels about you. You are loved by God. You are valued by God to the the extent that he sent his own son Jesus to die on a cross for you so that he could have a relationship with you. He is proud of you. The Father honors you. The Father accepts you. He is so happy that you belong to him. Those are the affirming words that the Father in heaven have for you that maybe you never received from your own father. Dads, make sure that your children hear those words. They desperately need to hear them. Now, maybe there's somebody here today who is living with a father wound. And even though your earthly father may have failed you, let me assure you that your heavenly father will never fail you. He is always with you to help you and to strengthen you. And and in the same way that he proclaimed his love for his own son, Jesus, he can touch you and he can take that father wound, that pain, away if you just allow him to be your father and hear those affirming words from him. Just come to him and tell him you're hurt. Now allow him to remove that pain. Or maybe you're a father here this morning and you want to be a better father to your children. Well, I encourage you to follow the example of the heavenly father. Be present with your children. Find creative ways to let them know how much you love them. And even though none of us has a father, as, as fathers are perfect and we will never be perfect, stop, Dad, stop beating yourself up over your shortcomings and rely on God to give you the grace that you need to be the father that you need to be. Maybe you say, Well, it's too late for me. My kids are all grown and, in a way. Hey, let me tell you. They need you as a father, even as an adult. Many of them are longing to be in your presence, to hear those affirming words from you, to hear you say, I love you, to feel your big burly arms wrapped around them. They are longing for you to do that for them, so it's never too late. Or maybe your, your heart is burdened for many fatherless children today. Well, I want to encourage you to allow your father's heart to become your heart and find a child that you can be a mentor to in a healthy way. Become a big brother or a big sister or a surrogate dad or or surrogate grandfather. Be there for them. Share the father's heart with them. You don't have to be a pro, but just be present in their life. There are a lot of children who would love to have somebody like that in their life. Fathers, never underestimate the impact that you have on your children. And never allow the world to diminish your role as a father. I'm here today because of the example of my father, who was not perfect in the least. Believe me. And yet, I honor him. For the principles and the values that he passed down in my life, and my children are who they are today—be it good or (laughs) bad—I take full responsibility for the bad. But they are who they are today because of my role in their life, and I—and I'm striving to do better at that. Even as adult children, I'm striving to be a better dad. And now we have grandchildren. Isn't that a blessing? Because now we can do for them what we, you know, kind of missed out on doing for our own kids. And we can, you know, be a better grandparent. Grandparents, you have a role to play in your children's life. Let's never let the world to, to diminish our role. It's importance of being a dad. Father, I pray that you would just use these simple words today to continue to be an encouragement to the hearts of, of dads who are here today. I pray, Lord, that they would uh, appreciate and, and value uh, the importance that they, they play in the lives of their children. I pray, Lord, that you would lift them up, that you would encourage them, you would make them stronger in you, that you would help them, Lord, to uh, love their children and affirm them and be present with them. Uh, wow, the time goes so fast, and there's so little time to do all those things. Lord, help us to take advantage of the time that we have. Bless these fathers today. Encourage their hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Um, I'll ask us to stand up as we...